The content of this podcast is provided as general informational purposes only. It is not intended for, nor should it be used to replace professional behavior intervention and advice. This is Susie. And this is Susan. And we are Function Junction. Behavior matters. It does matter. And there are matters of behavior that are a little confusing at time. And that's yes, there are. <laughs> yes, that's something I wanted to talk about. You know, you and I have been um, helping a friend study for the exam. And uh, some of the concepts can get muddled and, you know, trying to keep them straight. Um, it can be challenging. And I think one of them are those conditioned motivating operations. We call them CMOs. Yeah. That's a good, but this is a good topic for me because as you know, I was not very helpful during the last study session because these are really hard for me to remember too. Well, they are, They well, you understand the base. Yeah, we, we all understand the concept. We can get caught up in the minutia sometimes when we're yeah. thinking about um, that. And, and honestly, they're useful to everyone or we use them even if we don't know that's what we're doing. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Unconditioned motivating operations are those things we don't have to learn. They're just there. Like if you're really hungry, food is very valuable and you're much more likely to eat. Sure. Um, And then we have conditioned motivating operations. You know, a motivating operation is just that idea that it, it can make a reinforcer or punisher more valuable based on the circumstances we're in. Right. So there are three different versions of conditioned motivating operations are those CMOs. One is a CMOS and the S stands for surrogate. And so that's a stimulus that has acquired its effectiveness by being paired with that other motivating operation. And now it begins to have the same value altering effect on um, on things because it's been paired with it. So, yeah. And then there's the CMOR and the R stands for reflexive. And that's a condition or an object that acquires its effectiveness as a motivating operation by preceding a situation that it is either worsening or improving. It signals to us that an aversive event may be coming up. So because, you know, um, well, great example I found on a website, ABA Connect, for instance, a punishing coworker. In the presence of this person, you can't seem to do anything right and are constantly punished. She's always finding fault with you. Because of this, you want to spend less time with this person and you avoid her. Soon the office associated with her takes on that same aversive quality and you avoid going anywhere near that. Even hearing their voice down the hallway may signal to you that an early lunch, to go to an early lunch or avoid running into them. So you're wanting to uh, avoid something. I I think of that uh, as sort of threatening. Yes. Yeah. So it's funny that you were talking about this today because I was in schools today and one of the little girls that I was there to observe, you know, she had autism. And as we've talked before, these little girls can be very complicated. And she has learned a lot of behaviors. And so she sits in general ed. And the same thing has happened to the teacher. So the teacher would give her directives and the little girl would scream. And so that punished the teacher's behavior. And now there are very few, if any, demands on the little girl because every time the teacher said something to her, she would scream. 
So I guess that's that same idea, right? Of punishing a behavior. Yeah, yeah. The the motivating operation, and in terms of the teacher giving that child directives, it, it becomes threatening to her in a way. There's sure. a reflexive response to that student, and so yeah, I suppose in a way that's become the student has sort of become a CMO to that teacher being able to, and that's a not a good place to be. No, and you know, she does have 22 other kids that she has to work with and it's just easier for her not to give directives. And then in another classroom this morning, we were talking about pairing social reinforcers with edibles. And the teacher had said, you know, because she wanted us to model how to do that with the paras because the paras you know, it just sometimes is easier when it comes from different people than the teacher. And so we were going to do that after lunch, but guess what happened? They weren't motivated for edibles, right? It's because it was finished lunch. So that's another example of an abolishing. Right. An establishing operation makes the reinforcer more valuable. An abolishing operation makes it less valuable. Yes. You don't want to use edibles right after lunch. Right. Uh, unless a child didn't eat much lunch and then you might have a great yeah. opportunity. Yeah. And there's one other CMO, the CMO T and that's uh, the T stands for transitive. And that is an environmental variable that establishes or abolishes the reinforcing effectiveness of another stimulus and thereby evokes or abates the behavior that has been reinforced by the other stimulus. So, um, Basically, you can't have access to the stimulus that you want until you solve the problem that the CMOT helps you solve the problem. Let's uh-huh. say someone has put a lock on the fridge and you're hungry. And now the key to open the lock has become a CMO, a CMO transitive to help you gain access to the food. It's the food that you want. The key right. is a tool to get to right. the food that you want. Gotcha. So the good way to remember that one is T for tool. T for tool. And I was also thinking uh, just in terms of helpfulness too. T for tool is the way I remember it. Uh, but uh, transitive, to me, it transports you to what you want. That's <laughs> like, a good that's tip. A, that's a really good tip. So I was thinking about my sleep habits. I've never really had the best sleep habits, really. As a child, I had a blanket that did help me sleep. I had that blanket. I, I would take it with me places and that helped me sleep as a child. Oh, but as I got a little older, I, I, you know, I didn't have the special blanket to help me go to sleep, but I would also get migraines. I, I'm, I don't get migraines that much anymore, but I went through a very long spell of getting migraines and I knew that lack of sleep, you know, helped create that migraine. And so the blanket is that CMOS. It became a surrogate. Just the presence of the blanket helped me get to sleep. And in terms of the CMOR, I would get concerned about being able to get to sleep because I knew I was going to have a headache if I didn't get to sleep. And so it, you know, really wasn't that made getting to sleep more valuable so that I could avoid the headache. Yeah. Yeah. And so then... This might not be the very best example, but I do believe that it is an example of a CMOT. So at some point as an adult, you're doing without sleep in a spell. And so you go to the doctor and maybe the doctor says, try some melatonin. Or if the melatonin doesn't work, the doctor may provide you with medication. The pill is not what you want. Sleep is what you want. But the pill becomes a tool 
a a transporter, a Uh a transitive way to get to sleep. And so uh, melatonin or your sleep medication would then become the CMOT. So if I'm thinking about sleep, I can have those three examples. If you're a behavior analyst studying a behavior analyst, I think the easiest ones to get mixed up are surrogate and transitive. Yes, for sure. Because you could say, well, the pill makes me feel like I'm going to go to sleep. Well, yes, yes. but it, it's the tool. It acts on your body and helps you go to sleep right. versus the blanket really not having any major, you know, way to, to put you to sleep. But the yeah. presence of it can put you to sleep. That's yeah. a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot to think about. But as a parent, if I am looking for things to help my child go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I am going to find that surrogate item. You know, my little nephew has a bunny that he has had since he was a baby. Sure. He comes to spend the night, the bunny comes with him yeah. uh, and that helps him go to sleep, you know, or, you know, whatever the behavior is, if I can establish a surrogate for it, or if a child is engaging in behaviors like tantruming over a certain cup, it's possible to that child, that cup is a CMOT. They believe that that's what's satisfying them. That's the only tool that I can use to eat my soup or drink my milk in. And so maybe a good way to remember the S is it's a support, right? It's a support that you have with you. The blanket doesn't make you go to sleep. The melatonin does, but the blanket is definitely a a CMOS because it supports you, right? That's a good way to remember it. Love that idea. Now, I also, here's a story about a woman that I knew a long time ago who told me that anytime she went into the library or a bookstore, she would need to go to the bathroom and have a bowel movement. (laughs) I had a nephew that did that with um, Home Depot or Lowe's. Well, okay. So for your, your nephew, it might be the presence of the toilets there that cued him that he needed to go to the bathroom. Could be. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But what do you think? She thought she had an explanation. Tell me what you think brought that about for her. Well, it's kind of gross, but maybe that's when she reads her books. Yeah. When she was being toilet trained as a child, her mother would bring in books and read to her while they waited for the bowel movie. So it became, books became... Or, you know, the presence of many books became a CMOS, a support, a surrogate. They did not create the, you know, they didn't, they weren't a tool to make balance. It, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a, um, like X-Lax or something. That would be the tool, right? Right, right. There wasn't a tool used um, and it wasn't, you know, there was no threat of if you don't have a bowel movement, we are not going to go to the library. It was right. the, the support, the surrogate of it being paired together at the same time as she was waiting for the bowel movements to happen. <laughs> That's and pretty I interesting. I sort of think that a lot of us have, have a CMOS mix up. I think maybe this isn't the best explanation and maybe you'll have a better one. Oh, I don't. I think, well, <laughs> I'm thinking about how frequently we pair eating and taking in fluids, right? Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. the point that I think we sometimes do not know the difference between, I mean, unless it's obviously thirst, we frequently mistake thirst for hunger. Yeah. I don't know if other people have that, but I believe that. 
has been happening to me in my past, you know, um, Joe, my husband and I are trying to get back into running. Actually, he's way beyond trying to get well, back into running. you're not trying. You are back into running. Well, I'm not as good as he is. But anyway, we, you know, in the heat of Houston, we sometimes get a little bit dehydrated. So we started using a certain replenisher that has made a big difference for us. And sure. I do believe that because we're conscious of getting our fluids in, I am recognizing thirst over hunger more. Good. I, it's no longer a CMOS, you know, it's not the surrogate piece where I'm mistaking uh, thirst for hunger. Not that I still enjoy food. And so <laughs> I still eat <laughs> like a regular person, but it's very interesting to me to think, is that how that happened? Is is how some of us have gotten confused about thirst versus hunger happened because of the pairing of yeah. food and fluids at the same time on a regular basis. Interesting. I don't have that sensation. I know clearly when I'm thirsty and when I'm hungry. So I haven't had that issue. But but you know, you one of the things that I know about you also is that you frequently, I mean, you have your water with you all the time. I do. And so, you know, you probably have not gotten confused like yeah because I'm never thirsty yeah Yeah, exactly take care of that and um you don't get confused so that yeah I I think that that is probably true well hopefully anybody listening or studying for the exam will benefit from this conversation about a very complicated topic um I have a question would you let me to read it sure Okay, in today's story, Sissy talked about having difficulty sleeping. If she wanted to stop using melatonin or other medication to go to sleep, she may play certain music each night as she goes to bed after taking the medication to ensure that she goes to sleep. Over time, she fades the use of melatonin or medication, but continues to play the same set of songs at bedtime. She consistently gets to sleep within a reasonable time. The music is A, CMOS. B, CMOT, C, CMOR, or D, probably show tunes. Well, (laughs) I think we can eliminate D, probably show tunes. Even though it could very likely be show tunes. It could, it could. They're not impacting that change for her. So the the music really isn't a tool, right? It's the medication that's really helping her as a tool or as a transporter into sleep. So I would say that it's, a CMOS, it's more of a support to the medication. There you go. There you okay. go. There's no threat there. So I can bump out CMOR. Probably show tunes is not an ABA concept. And we get down to the T versus the F. S. You went right to it. Um, I think to some degree that one could be confusing for some people sure. because the medication was the tool. Uh-huh. But um it was used to pair sleeping and the music together so that sure. the music could become the surrogate and help support sure. sleep. So, That's yeah. great. So well, I also think that from a parent's perspective, you know, if I'm thinking about anything that I need for my style to do on a regular basis, if I can pair it mm-hmm. with routines or, or favorite things, Mm-hmm. then those routines or those favorite things can become the surrogate or the support sure. to help those things happen. Yeah, that's a great story. That's a great example. And I hope our friend who's studying for the big exam on Monday listens and make that makes sense. Gosh, you guys, as always, please like, subscribe, share, or comment on social media and or 
rate and review us on the podcast app that you're using. We hope you have a fantastic weekend and we have a really great interview for you all next week with some middle school support people in one of my districts. So have a good one. Take care. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye-bye.